You are listening to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. This podcast is for you if you are ready to tap into your inner wisdom, unlock your personal success, and evolve your life and business. I am your host, Padma Ali, and I'm well known in the space of neuropsychology and energy healing. I help evolved entrepreneurs and high-performance leaders like you remove the invisible barriers that you cannot see that are keeping you stuck from transforming your life. As we journey together, you will quickly discover that the only way to create your vibrant life and reach new levels of success is to go within. There's no better time to discover the gifts of your inner wisdom than right now. So welcome to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. Hello, visionaries. How are you all? I can't believe that this is the 99th episode of the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast. Thank you so much for journeying with me for 99 episodes. It's amazing how time really flies. So today we're going to continue with the episode on on creating a new you. So this is part two of that. And I'm so excited, very, very excited to share more of this journey again to remind you this is my story, but this is not about me. I am once again inviting you to plug in your own story because there is wisdom in looking at the past only to see how far you've come and what lessons have you learned from your past. You know, you may have heard me say this before, that the universe is always giving us opportunities to grow and evolve, not because the universe is cruel, (laughs) that, oh, you have to learn lessons. It's because the universe, from my opinion, this is my belief system, the universe is a benevolent universe. It's It's always giving us opportunities to grow, to evolve to the next level. Isn't that why we are here on this planet? To grow and evolve and to help others grow and evolve. Because there's always people who are ahead of you and always people who you can help who are behind you. And there's no one, there's, we're all walking our own path. There's no one ahead. There's no one behind in that sense of like, oh, they are so far ahead and someone is so far behind. It's just that we're all walking our own paths. And We are here to help each other grow and evolve. And when you grow and evolve your own self, spiritually, emotionally, and anything that you do that that is going to take you to the next level of evolution, you're going to be able to help others with that. So what were your takeaways from the past episode? I shared with you what my life looked like from zero to almost 20. And today we're going to continue with that story of what is it like? What 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 happened between the ages of 20 and my next set of 
awakening that started to happen around 33. So today is going to be that. And the next episode, we're going to go from 33 onwards until now, current time. And the reason, again, I divided it up into these sections is because these were pivotal moments for me, and it was almost life-changing. So around the age of 20, the reason that was very pivotal for me was because I started to care a hoot about what people were thought about me. Till then, there was still that sense of, I have to conform, I have to comply, I have to fit in, I have to belong, I have to, I don't know who I am, and if I don't do the things that are expected of me, I'm going to be somehow, I felt very alone. Like I said, I never felt like I belonged already. So I did my best to change my ways of being so I could belong. And somewhere around the age of 20, I literally was like, I am done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. And so I started to be myself. And it did not go well, (laughs) to say the least, because I grew up in India. And at that time, this was like almost two and a half decades ago, things were different. There was still a lot of expectations of women. I know now it's so different. It's very, very different. When I look back and I look at the youngsters that are there, I'm like, wow, that was not my life experience back then. But back then, I was like, I, and it did not go well from, from what was expected of me from family standpoint or like from societal standpoint, because I was like, I'm just going to go do my own thing. And it started with choosing what I wanted to do with my education. I, I, I was always a rebel, like you might have already guessed. And so I rebelled even in that because I was like, I'm going to do something to learn about human behavior. So I chose a path of psychology. Now, back then, at that time and age, psychology was pretty much like it was considered like only there was it was it didn't have a good reputation in the sense of mental health was not recognized. And it was only for crazy people in quotes. Again, these were the terms I used to hear back then. And it meant that something was wrong with you. But yet I chose that because that's what spoke to me. So I chose a career in psychology because it really was what I wanted to do even back then, understand human beings, understand why people do what they do. It started with that. However, you know, the expectations were, you know, if you if you have spent any time understanding the Indian culture or even being exposed to it, there was a lot of focus on education, on scholastic, um, scholastic, what is that? Success. So you had to be either an engineer or a doctor. Like that was what was mostly encouraged of people. And I had no interest in either. So I chose that. And, you know, my parents were kind of like my poor parents. Now, when I think about it as a parent, I'm like, wow, (laughs) I was really they they didn't know what to do with me was the was the best way i can put it so choosing whatever i wanted to choose i followed my path my my path that spoke to me i still struggled with anxiety i still had a lot of fear 
I lived in that place, even though on the outside, I kind of masked it by fitting in, by rebelling, by doing all kinds of, you know, crazy, wild things. I was a wild kid at that time. And I moved out of the house. I started to, I lived in, I started living somewhere else. My parents were maybe moved around a lot. I got, you might've heard in the previous episode. So they moved. So I continued to stay in, in the capital of, of India, which is, which was new, which is new Delhi. So I lived there by myself, kind of like did my own thing for a while. And then I graduated from college and went on to do my master's in psychology and clinical psychology of all things. And I was like, really, that those were some of the best times in my life because I lived with, in a, in a dorm. I kind of had amazing friends at that point and they all were we all were rebels in our own way so we kind of supported each other in like just being rebellious girls which was very very hard to do in that society which is which was so male centered back then it no longer it's it's not as bad as it was back then but i had a great time kind of finding myself explored relationships a lot of dancing a lot of fun a lot of kind of like, you know, what 20-year-olds would do here around 2021, like what kids would do here, kind of did that and explored. There was a lot of exploration of different things. It was really one of the best times I had, always laced with anxiety, always laced with fear in the background. Like I said, I masked it with a lot of different things. Then came another pivotal time for me where I decided I was going to pursue more education. And so I came to to America to do my master's, to do another master's, and which was in some ways such a relief to leave what I felt very stifled. Now, again, as I am sharing my story, I am inviting you to look back in your own life. What can you relate to? What can you not? What calls out to you? What feels like, no, I don't relate to that because that will tell you what did you learn? For me, my biggest learnings from that time period when I was having all these transitions was that when I followed my own path, I felt joy. I felt free. And As you hear my story, you will see that I went back to some of my old ways only to come back to where I am today, which is doing my own path because my path does not make sense to a lot of people and I don't care. (laughs) Having that attitude of not caring has really helped me in my life. So if you are the kind of person who struggles with what people are going to think of you or what are how you would be perceived or how you might be judged, it may be time to let that go. So anyways, so once I came to, the, to, the, to America, I came to San Francisco, I did my master's there. And right after I came here, I met my now husband. But in the meantime, what was happening was, again, culturally, I was expected not expected, like I was, my parents were wanting me to have an arranged marriage. 
And I was not for it. (laughs) Somehow it did not appeal to me at all. But I was, again, trying to fit in, trying to make my parents happy. So there was some drama around that. And then when I met my husband, who, if you may have followed any of my previous episodes, if you haven't, please go and listen to them, especially on Marriage Uncensored, the episode on Marriage Uncensored, where I share a lot about my marital um, journey. And he came from a different culture. He came from a different religion. And that was initially a big source of conflict for my family who come from another. It's like, I'm not going to go into it. It's it's Hinduism, but also like the caste. And like, there's a lot of layers to this, which I don't feel like going into it. But I'm going to just name it in case you have, you're curious. It is I'm, my parents come from what is called as the Brahmin caste. And my husband was not only not from my religion, but very different culturally, culturally very different, even though he's also Indian. It was a very interesting time period for us. And again, what I chose, even though was so much anxiety and so much angst around this whole thing, my parents were upset for some time. And then once they met him, like every eventually, clearly everything is settled. But it was very interesting time again to choose my own path. And I did. And it was so interesting that we decided to break all the norms and get married at City Hall, did not have this crazy, elaborate, big fat Indian wedding because we didn't want to do that. We really just did whatever we could, whatever we wanted to do. And a year later, after meeting him, we actually got married. So it was again, like following my instincts, following my intuition, very like always doing whatever I wanted to do, but there was still that sense of anxiety around doing what I wanted to do because it was not fitting the norm. And again, my learning from that time period when I look back was whenever I trust my gut feeling, it's always led me to higher grounds. The times I don't trust my gut feeling has led me to very difficult times in my life. So it was again a learning when I look back on that. Once again, during that time after we got married, we had some health crisis. My husband had some health crisis. Then I had my health crisis, which again, if you have heard any of my previous episodes, I go into that. It was a very, very difficult time on a 3D level. On a spiritual level, it began my awakening process. My learnings from that time was spiritual awakening. What spiritual awakening looks like is going to look different for every person. Mine started with pain. Mine started with, it was a time where on one hand, I was trying to fit in, trying to fit in into the norm of living a normal life buying a house when we didn't have any money at that point. I was still in college. I was still doing my master's. We had loans. We had, we were just starting off. I was 23. My husband was like, I don't know, like 25, 26. So we were very young at that time and starting to, trying to fit into the norm of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get married, have this house with the picket fence, have kids, like these things are what is expected. And what I learned was 
every step of the way, the universe is working with you to show you what who you truly are. And if you don't learn those lessons, it's going to beat you on your head and give you life lessons that's make it's going to make you learn from those experiences. And as I was trying to fit into the mold of like, you know, buying a house and living, being successful in your career and all that, the universe pretty much backed me on my head saying, we're not doing that. Sorry, your path is something else. You're not meant to do all those things. And you're not meant to get trapped into the 3D world. You're supposed to awaken. And for me, awakening started with the illness with being with the health crisis, which meant all the identity was being stripped away, including what success meant, because at that point, I'd already gotten my license as a psychotherapist, but I couldn't really practice much because I was so sick. So it was always up and down. I was either, and in spite of that, I would push myself to work, didn't learn the lessons. I think I've shared the story of when I was so sick and I was in, I was actually working. I was in so much pain and yet I would go to work. I was like, what was I thinking? So one day I was in between sessions, between sessions of seeing clients and my doctor calls me and says, get yourself to the hospital right now. You need a blood transfusion. You're, I have no idea how you're even walking or talking. You <laughs> pretty much what he was saying was you would be dead. If it were somebody else, they would be dead by now because your body has lost so much blood and you can't be walking right now. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I would push myself. I would really ignore. I did not take care of me because I was still trying to fit into the norms of what it meant to be successful, what it meant to bring in money. I, I, I connected success with money. And the universe was like, you're not doing any of those things. Get your act together. Let everything go. You have to let go of identity. You have to let go of what it looks like to live in this 3D world. And, and all those things were helped me with my awakening because at this point, none of those things matter to me. Success does not equate money anymore. Success does not equate what I do in the world. All of those things got stripped away one by one. Awakening for me started with all those difficult times. You know, I attract a lot of closeted spiritualists. And that's what I call them because they're spiritual, but they're closeted. They don't come out. And a lot of them work in the corporate world. They're very spiritual, but they don't show that to their, um, to their teams. They don't show that aspect of them. And I invite you to look at some of your hardest times in your life. The hardest times in your life are some of, some of the most profound awakening times that you have. Awakening is letting go of the ego, letting go of beliefs, letting go of who you are. You know, in my bathroom, I have this, this quote from Lao Tzu, which says, when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. When I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. It is there in my bathroom. I look at it every single day, multiple times a day, because 
It reminds me of constantly letting go. Surrendering was one of the biggest things I learned from that time. Surrender not as giving up, but surrendering from a sense of I surrender. I surrender to the power. And I have this quote right on my computer. Like I have it. I see all these things every single day because it's reminding me of why I am here on this planet. And the quote that I have on my computer says, I surrender to the power that rules my destiny. I surrender to the power that rules my destiny. It's really important. This path requires a lot of surrender. You may or may not be into awakening. You may not be into waking up is what I mean. But no matter where you are in your life, surrendering is going to help you get to that next level. Once again, I do not mean surrender from a sense of I give up. It is a sense of freedom. It's a sense that you are always taken care of. It's resurrection, if I may use that word. You know, it was one of the most profound times in my life, those four or five years where I really, really struggled. I struggled so much, but I learned such valuable lessons that I still practice today. It's still a practice of surrendering is a practice. It doesn't come easy. And it's and it's actually easy to live life like that when things are going well. But when things are starting to get upside down, that's when we need to practice surrender. And that's when it is the hardest. And it is such a beautiful lesson that I learned of surrendering and trusting. You know, I've shared the story that when I, I was so sick and all I could all I could do was lie in bed and I had to give up everything. Like, you know, at that time I was like, oh, I can't, we, we, I could not even think about having kids at that time. And I didn't, at that, after that, we didn't even want kids, but that's a different story, how my kids are here. But at that time, like we had, to, I had to give up everything that I thought I needed to be doing. And I remember one day, like lying in bed, looking at the ceiling and watching, you know, I had friends at that time whose lives were normal in quotes meaning you know they had a job and they would make they were making good money and they had they were pregnant or getting pregnant or having kids and like living in this you know beautiful white picket picket fence homes and my life did not look like that i was in my 20s right like in my late 20s at that point and i remember looking up at the ceiling and saying okay i surrender okay divine consciousness if this is what you want me to do for the rest of my life, if this is what my life is supposed to look like, I accept. If my life path involves me being in bed and not being able to contribute to society, then it's okay. I accept. You have to, rem you have to understand that at that point when I say everything was being stripped away, everything, I could eat maybe one or two food groups, guys, one or two. 
I was very sick, like nothing would stick to my body. And a lot of it was like I was choosing to be in struggle. Now I know that. It's a choice. Back then I didn't. I struggled. And I struggled and I chose to struggle. I could not eat anything. And this is how much identity was being stripped away that I was raised vegetarian. And at that point, my body could not, could not tolerate plants, could not tolerate anything that resembled plants. I could only eat meat. (laughs) Not just meat. I mean, I'm laughing because I had to, my body could only eat my body, right? Not, Not my mouth, but my body could only tolerate things like liver. And from being a vegetarian and being asked to eat liver, you know it's a big stretch. And that is when I realized that my body needed meat. And I I don't, the taste still doesn't appeal to me, but my body needed that in order to, to, to survive. I had to let go of so much Thank goodness, because now I learn, have learned the art of letting go. Sometimes it's still hard, but I have, I know how to do it. So I invite you once more to look at your life, especially those difficult times that you call as difficult. What can you learn from those experiences? What did you learn? What can you still use in your life today? What was the universe, what message was the universe giving you? You know, it is really, it's really beautiful. And continuing on with the story, what happened after that, when I I finally got better. But when I finally got better, again, if you have not listened to my marriage uncensored, please go listen to that. My marriage started falling apart. Another level of letting go started to happen. Obviously, we're still together, but that ups and downs happened because you will start to see this in your own life. When you start to wake up, the people in your life, whether they're friends, whether they are partners, will either walk with you or they will fall off. And that's what happened in my marriage. We got to a place where either we needed to grow together or we were going to grow apart. And with all the work we did, we grew together. We came back together. And now it's one of the most solid relationships I ever have had with him. He's truly my twin flame. And I am his. We help each other grow and evolve. And our life is like so different than what it was back then. You know, all the, through all the struggle, I learned not to struggle. Through all the doing, I learned not to do. Through all the control, I learned to surrender. And again, if people in your life are starting to fall away because you are growing and evolving, let them go. Because when you let them go, it'll make space for for people to come into your life who will help you evolve to the next level. It happens to me much more right now and It's also helped me let go of attachment and letting go of attachment has been such a big life lesson because attachment brings suffering. Like the Buddha says, 
right? And so this has al- allowed me to let go more and more and more. And as I continue to grow and evolve, people seem to fall away from my life and it's okay. I have no attachment. I can say that very, 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 very honestly that I have no attachments, not even to my kids. I love them. I'll always be their mom, but I have no attachment in that sense to them. I will do everything to take care of them, to protect them. I will give my life for them. However, I am not attached. It's a very interesting place to be. The only person I cannot say I'm not attached to is my husband. Like I'm very attached to him and I have to work on letting that attachment go too. Because it's a, it's a, it's it, it's not good. It's not good to be attached in that sense. So I know where my work lies, but anywhere else with my clients, with my family, with my kids, like there is no attachment. I'm here in service of all of them. I cannot say that about my husband. So there's still some work to do there. <laughs> we all have work to do, right? And that's the place I have work to do because that when there's attachment, there's also angst that comes with it. There's more conflict that happens as well when there's attachment in that sense. We don't have conflicts anymore. We we really are in a good place in that sense, but that attachment has has to be worked on. Anyways, that's for another episode. We'll go on that for another time about relationships. But here, again, I'm inviting you to look at in your own life as you grow and evolve, which you are every day. If you're listening to my podcast, I know for a fact that you are evolving because you won't be attracted to my my content without the desire to grow and evolve. So if you're growing and evolving and people are falling out of your life, trust me, it's it's good. It's really a good thing because it's making space for new things to come into your life, letting go. So through that process, we let, I, let, I let go. And so when the time came, we were still in San Francisco. Our marriage was in a, starting to get really in a good place. We decided to move. We left everything everything we just like move so this is this is the amazing piece what life has taught taught me right in through all of those journeys i have lived a, a, you know most people are so attached to place they're attached to their home through this process i got unattached to everything when i was going through my health crisis we had bought a home And it was a five-bedroom house. And when we went through all our marriage transitions, I moved out and I lived in a studio. And then my husband moved in with me into into the studio. Granted, we didn't have kids back then, but we lived in a studio. We gave up our five-bedroom house because it's like a lot of other changes that happened. He lost his job. And so it was like a very interesting time for us. Let go. We had to let go. We were kind of in some ways forced, but not really forced to let go. And through the process of letting go, so much openings came. Then we moved to Boston. And for two years, it was a really good time period, though again, my health crisis came back. Again, as a learning process for me, there was still an identity of being a sick person because every time I would get better, there would be fear. Am I going to get sick again? Because it was an autoimmune and I had no control over it. Another learning process of letting go of even the identity of healthy or sick. 
So much learnings came from those time period. And now we come to the time where we decided that we were going to have a child. But that's for the next episode. So this was a second, this was the third chapter in my life where things started to shift again. Once again, look back, notice the struggles, notice your learnings, notice what can you apply to your life today? Because that application is what is going to help you take it to the next level. The goal is not to be stuck in the past, but it is to allow you to get the tools to grow to the next level now. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. I love hearing from you. So feel free to share. Take a screenshot of this episode. Share with me on Instagram or send me an email at support at padmaali.com with your takeaways. What are you learning from these about yourself? I would love to know. Thank you for listening to the Create Your Vibrant Life podcast today. If you have gotten value from today's episode, I invite you to share it with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to further connect, you may follow me on Instagram at Padma Ali and LinkedIn. Of course, you may also visit me at PadmaAli.com to get more information on how we can work together. Thank you so much for being here.